Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 188. And today, we're going to do another hot seat session. This is where myself and Chris Schaefer jump on together. We listen to a business problem in Amazon, and then we go ahead and we break it down. We give our opinions, our advice, and we just bounce ideas back and forth. Now, let me just let you guys know. If you guys don't know Chris Schaefer, he's a good friend of mine. I I, uh, actually met him through this Amazon business since I started my podcast. We were in a mastermind group together in the very, very beginning, and uh, we've become really, really good friends. He helps me run the live workshops. He helps me run on the private label classroom, and we just become really, really good friends. So we also decided to recently do a live event. It's called TAS Breakthrough Live, all right? Now, those tickets have already been sold, and they've already been sold out. There is no more seats available. We're doing 10 hot seats, and we have 20 additional seats that people can be there to kind of witness those hot seats and also ask questions, add their advice, and we just it's a great place to come together live. And this is going to be our first one ever, and I'm really, really excited about that. Now, we are doing these hot seats on the podcast to kind of, you know, get our training down. We're kind of like getting ready for the big day, right? We're going to go ahead and, and uh, you know, kind of do the workouts before the big game, right? So we're going to do this again. This is our third one. We've already done two other ones. If you've missed them, you're probably wanna, going to want to check those out. They were really, really good. We got a, a really good response from them, and uh, that is episode 162 and 174. So the links to those will be in the show notes to this episode, or you can just go directly to them by heading over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 162 or theamazingseller.com forward slash 174 and those were great episodes as well and actually you know what I'll read the titles to those of what they were about 162 episode 162 was uh, why are my sales slow and how to increase them and we actually looked at their product really looked at their marketing, looked at their strategy, and we broke it down, and we went back and forth, and it was really, really great value for everyone to listen in on that. The other one, and more more recent one, was 174, and that one was, how should I launch my retail business on Amazon? Someone who already had an established retail business, but wanted to then get into the Amazon game, and that was another great episode, and today, we're going to do another great episode, and I'm really excited about this because, well, Chris and I love talking about this stuff, and it's just a great thing to be able to look at a business and really hone in and see exactly what we think can be tweaked if it can be tweaked at all, okay? Now, again, these are just our opinions, just our advice from seeing different businesses now that we've helped other people, all right? So I just wanted to give you a little bit of uh, the play-by-play there and also let you guys know that, you know, in the future, we may be doing more live events, okay? I mean, in-person events. If you wanted to sign up to our list of, I guess, uh, notifications or, you know, I guess letting you know the details as if that does happen, you can head over to this link right here, and that is theamazingseller.com forward slash live, okay? And then from there, if you sign up on that particular email list, you'll only be notified when and if we do more in the future in a different city. Um, so this way here, you can, you know, make it to one of those if you want to, but they're always going to be smaller, okay? We want to keep them small because we we know that a lot of people learn better and, and you get more from being more, you know, in a smaller group. So really excited about this one coming up and I'm sure that we'll be doing some periscopes from there and we'll be just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be giving you guys the play by play for sure. All right, so I'm going to stop rambling and talking right now. You guys can see I get all excited about this because the hot seats are so much fun and I really do enjoy them. So sit back, relax and enjoy the hot seat. 
Okay, Chris, are you ready to do another hot seat session? You and I both love doing these. Are you ready to rock? I am, brother. I'm sitting here with a, a mug of broth, a big cup of water, sitting here. Broth? Uh, feeling- what are you eating? Chicken soup? This is no, just chicken broth. I do that just about every morning, either chicken broth or beef broth. Yeah, I know. I, I actually, I've I've heard some studies about that. Actually, I mean, even like bone broth and stuff like that is supposed to be really good for you. I haven't tapped into that that yet. Is is that the reason you're doing that, or is that just something you just enjoy, beef broth and chicken broth in the morning? It's something that I've been doing for a while, and I, you know, I I don't have a gallbladder, and so it's harder for me to absorb a lot of nutrients and it's a way to get a lot of that stuff without taking like a multivitamin ah and so it does that and actually it helps like you and i have talked a little bit in the past i also do intermittent fasting and so it's a way to kind of satiate a little bit of hunger gets me a little bit of protein a little bit of fat without a whole lot of you know carbohydrates it doesn't spike my blood sugar it doesn't do any of that kind of stuff so it's a it's a good way to start the morning wow we've got a little lesson there this morning from chris schaefer very Just cool dropping nutrition bombs <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So, uh, you know, we've done a couple of these so far. This is kind of like our training, I guess. You and I, we're, got, we're kind of getting ready for our live event, which is coming up here May 1st, which I'm getting very excited about. And uh, depending on when this airs, uh, we'll either be just about ready to do that or we will be doing that. I'm not really sure how far out this will be, uh, you know, displayed or not displayed. What am I trying to say here? Uh, I guess heard uh, <laughs> from everyone. So uh, definitely getting ready for that. So you and I have been doing these. These are really fun. The audience, the listeners are really enjoying these. So today we're going to do another one. So what I want to do is I want to play this particular question um, from one of our students, actually one of the private label classroom students. And uh, he had a question and you and I kind of gave him some answers through email and stuff. But now what we want to do is talk about it and really just give our thoughts, bounce some ideas off of each other and really walk people through a coaching strategy, I guess, as far as like how that would look and also what we plan to do here in Denver really soon. So I'm excited to do this. Are you ready to listen to the question, Chris? Let's do it, brother. All right, let's go ahead and listen to the question and then uh, we'll go ahead and bounce off some ideas. Hey, Scott and Chris. Hey, classmates. Uh, this is Amir calling from sunny Singapore. First off, I want to thank you guys, uh, Scott and Chris, for uh, all the guidance and support um, unfortunately for me, I joined the PLC in a bit uh, a late stage, only after my product was being made in China. Um, and this is my only regret that I didn't have joined sooner. I'm sure it would have prevented me some major mistakes, as you may be going to see in a moment. Um, to give a bit, of, uh, a bit of a background on my question, um, last November I got uh, a present, something that blew my mind. At the same period of time, I have heard about the private label business from a friend of a friend and decided to try to manufacture and sell my own version of this cool product I found on Amazon. Um, I didn't really check the market depth or any of the stuff you learned. I learned here later on. It was more of a gut feeling and an experiment for me. Because the product is very trendy, it's a new product and it has kind of a buzz around it right now. Um, I assume it's going to be very competitive market, and I was right. It is. It's kind of like the selfie stick when uh, it was first introduced to the world. If you can remember that. However, I planned a strategy to avoid the massive competitive and to find my my own place in this market. I decided to focus on a niche inside the new market. Uh, my plan was not to compete directly with the other products, but to brand and customize my product in a way that I will fit better 
to a specific group of consumers within my market. In that niche, there is, today there is only one direct competitor. It's a big known brand, uh, it's big also outside of Amazon. And um, between the two of us, I'm the low cost choice. Um, I just figured that if I can get just 20% of his Amazon pie, I will do fine. So um, I started selling my product in February, a month ago. Uh, I think I did everything by the book, uh, but unfortunately, sales are not so good. I believe my title, bullets, point, description, uh, images are solid. Um, I have today about 70 reviews with a very good uh, rating. Uh, sales are only one unit a day. Some days I don't sell any. And um, also, almost none of my sales come from PPC campaign. I'm not sure why, but I get very low impressions on PPC. Uh, the strange thing is that I have a campaign that runs on my direct competitor keywords, the big brand I told you about just a second ago. And I don't get any impression from that campaign. Even I pay, I, I pay in that campaign less than a dollar for the last month. Uh, it feels like either Amazon is blocking me from competing with him, or maybe no, nobody is searching for uh, his product, but it doesn't really make sense because I know he sells, Jungle, Jungle Scout says uh, that he sells 50 products a day. So this is more or less um, the situation. Uh, my question is, if do you think it can be resolved or should I move on to my next product? Thank you very much, guys. Ciao. Okay, Chris, what do you think? Uh, what's, I'm going to let you have first take at this. What's your first thoughts from uh, Amir's question? Or I so, guess situation, we should say. It's not even a question. There's some different things we need to talk about here. And I've got some thoughts and I know you do too. So there's a couple things. It sounded like he he knew coming into this that it was going to be a bit of a trendy product. And Scott, you and I happen to know what this product is just because he sent us a link to it. But when, you know, the the first thing that I did after you and I sat down and started talking about this was I went to Google Trends and looked. And, you know, it is a very trendy product when you look at Google Trends. It goes straight up and straight down and then straight up and straight down, right? The interest in it is really, really up and down in terms of the broad category of this product, right? Not necessarily the thing that he's niched, but the main people that would be competitors of his, you know, with the same type of product, the search volume for those goes way up and, and way down. So that was the first thing that I noticed. So, you know, while there may have been a lot of volume in the fourth quarter, there's not necessarily as much volume there now. Another thing uh, that concerned me a little bit about this product is just kind of the overall price point. I know that's not something that he necessarily brought up and, and we don't know what his margins are, but just looking at the market in general, it's probably something that I wouldn't have chosen because of the lower price point. The third thing that, that I noticed, and he did what is traditionally good advice, right? And it's pick a niche inside your, inside your product and go for it. On Amazon, that can be both a blessing and a curse. While we do want to pick a niche, let's say, you know, uh, people who want to cook better at home, right? On Amazon, it's going to be a broader niche. You're not necessarily going to tailor your product specifically for one, one audience inside of a niche. Does that make sense? It's, yeah, yeah, it's totally. a little bit of a different game on Amazon than it would be in like a traditional marketing play, right? If you were to start a company off of Amazon, it's, you know, totally normal to go out and 
say, I only want to work with professional chefs. That's who my audience is going to be. On Amazon, it's a much broader base than that. And you can actually hurt yourself by limiting your niche that far on Amazon. And just knowing what the product is, I think he may have done that a little bit because the market that he's going after isn't really the same market that would traditionally buy this product, right? And I, I totally understand how he got to where he is, but the the main product competitor that I think he's talking about is a completely different product category. It's, you know, it's something in a different category on Amazon. And it's something, at least if I was looking for it, I would be looking for that specific thing. I wouldn't be looking for what he has. Does that does that make sense? Knowing yeah, it, it totally does. And I'm just going to cut in here real quick. And, uh, you know, yes, uh, I think, you know, there, there's definitely, I guess, a search that could be done for this exact thing. Right. All right. So with that being said, you need to make sure that you're definitely targeting that one thing. Right. And I kind of think he is, but I kind of think he's not. Um, and I know you and I both looked at the category that it's listed in, and we do think that it could probably um, even go into another category, whether that's your main category or a secondary category. Um, I believe that you could probably do a better job in the category. And I know we've said before that, you know, category doesn't necessarily, I guess, do a better job as far as like search goes, but why not be in the right category that could give you more eyeballs? Uh, does that make sense, Chris? It it does. And that's something something else that I wanted to kind of touch on here quick is, you know, he talked about he's struggling in the, the competitor PPC campaign. And if it's the competitor that you and I think it is, that competitor is in a different category. And one of the things that that I've noticed and that a lot of people in the TAS community have pointed out is that even though you're going after those keywords, if it's a category that's slightly different from the one that you're in, you you can bid a lot more and still not show up for PPC, which is probably one of the reasons that he is not seeing a lot of impressions on that PPC campaign. So if he were to put it in the same category that his main competitor is in, the person that he's going after, he might actually see a little bit of a better result. Yeah, absolutely. And I I want to go back to, though, what he had said, and I want to highlight something for people that are listening, because I think this is, um, it's it's pretty cool to kind of, I think, pull this out of what he had said in the very beginning, and that was, you know, he received this or saw someone that received it. I forget if he received it or someone received it and he was just blown away. He was like, wow, this thing is like awesome, right? Like this is cool. This is something I've never seen before. And that triggered his idea to go and launch something. Now, should he have did more digging and more research? Yes. Okay. But I just wanted to highlight that, you know, as we're trying to find product ideas, you know, doing stuff like this right here and then pulling that, that, uh, or taking that information and bringing it over to, uh, Amazon and seeing if there is a market, a demand or competition, you know, that's a great, a great way to find new products. And that's what he's done here. And he did try to put a, a unique spin on it. And I think it's clever. The one thing I want to point out before we even go any further here is when I, the very first thing, when I pulled this thing up, I didn't even know what the product was. And the very first impression that I got from it was totally different than what the product actually is. Yes. You, are, is that correct? Yes. Did you same thing for you, right? Absolutely. So the very first thing that I would do, regardless if you're going to sell this and and continue to go down this path, you got to swap out the main image. The main image needs to represent exactly what it is, not that cool little new thing that you added to it, right? It needs to definitely 
make you aware. Like if I was searching for this particular thing and I was scrolling through the top, you know, page or, you know, all of the top listings and I was scrolling by thumbnails because you guys heard us talk about this all the time, right? It's like the thumbnail is what grabs the attention, you know, the title gets you found. But if I'm scrolling through here and I seen his image, I wouldn't even think it's the same device. Okay. I just wouldn't, you know, I would just think it's totally different. So, um, I wouldn't even think it was related, really. I would think that it's something totally different. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I can't even describe it without giving the product away. But just well, on- and let, let me just give him a little bit of advice here. I mean, if if you look at all of the other primary images for the competitors, they do a good job of both showing the design of the product and giving people an idea of what it is. Totally. Right? They're showing kind of the top and the side and the back all in the shot. He's just showing the front. Mm-hmm. Right. And while that is his main selling feature in terms of how he niched down and and differentiated, it's not necessarily what people care about. Does that make sense? Like it's the thing that it's It's the thing that sets him apart and it makes it really cool. But it's not necessarily what people are actually looking for as they're scrolling through the listings because it doesn't represent at all what the product is. His second image does a much better job of of showing kind of both aspects of what the product is and that it's, it it is different from the other stuff that's out there. Um, then the first one does. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be the first thing I would say. I mean, that could help you and, you know, to, to really say that, uh, you know, that's going to make you sell 15 a day. I can't say that. Um, but as I'm looking here too, Chris, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't even believe, um, he's page one for that main keyword. Now there's a bunch of different keywords that, um, that you're going after, I can tell there, um, Amir, but, uh, it, it doesn't look like this particular one, which I would think would be the main one. Cause every other one has this as almost like their first keyword. Right. Um, and if that's the main keyword you're going for, I don't, I don't see you here. Um, which is fine. Cause there's other keywords that you can probably be going after. Um, and I'm going to jump over to page two and see if there's anything there even No, page two, I'm jumping over to page three, so I'm not even seeing, so basically you might as well say that you're not even visible, right? Um, so that would be the other thing is like, okay, how many units do we have to give away to be page one? And if we are on page one, we better make sure that we're optimized. We better make sure that that picture is going to explain exactly what it is. Um, and I don't know necessarily if I would go too crazy with the pay-per-click just yet. Um, I would probably want to... Uh, get my listing optimized. I would want to get my avatar that I'm targeting a little bit more fine-tuned so I can know who I'm targeting, um, you know, with this particular device. Because this device could actually, like Chris said, it it could go after a wider net. And you don't want to exclude them, but you do want to also call out the one that it's niched down for. Um, But you don't want to lose the ones that are looking for just the generic one either. Um, You know, so... um, the other thing that I'm looking at too is the price point. I don't know if the price point changed since the time that you launched to the time that it's you know it's selling now. But I mean, the most expensive one right now that I'm seeing is like 1990. Um, and I'm not even sure if that's the same. Let me see here. I'm going to hover over. No, that's a different device altogether. So the one that I'm looking at that would probably be like the main one selling right now is 1699. And $16.99, they've got 1,520 reviews, all right? Now, the next one I see is $16.99 again. They have 800 reviews. Another one is $9.99, almost identical, and it's got 1,246 reviews. Um, So, you know, 
I don't know what the profit margin is, but that's a really low price point, and it kind of seems like you're going to start running yourself to the bottom. Uh, so those are some red flags right now. I'm not really sure what it was when launched, um, but if we looked at this before we even launched, we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation because this product might not have even got launched. What's your thoughts on that, Chris? And it, Scott, it sounded like Amir even said that. He said, you know, I wish I would have been in the PLC before I was through the process of selecting this product because I probably wouldn't have picked it. Uh, it's kind of what it sounded like he said. But, you know, his overarching question, Scott, is, is should he just scrap it and pick a different product? Or is there still some stuff he can do? You know, correct me if you have a different opinion. I think there is still some stuff that he can do with this. And my first one would be to change the category, right? It, it you know, we know he's going to sell like one or two a day kind of, which is what he was saying in the category that he's in now, but it's going to be a struggle. So if changing that category even gets him to three or four a day, that's probably worth doing. I would tend to think putting it in that same category as his main competitor is going to get him at least in front of the right people and start to push him in that direction. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. And I guess the other thing that I would add to that is, uh, you know, as long as you can optimize what you already have, uh, you know, you're selling one or two, you know, maybe every other day, that's fine. Um, you know, if you don't have a ton of inventory and if you can improve that, even maybe run an auto campaign, uh, just to kind of get some data going. And then from there, maybe a low bid, maybe just try to grab some of that low hanging fruit. Uh, it seems like you have over 60 or 70 reviews now. So I think that, you know, your reviews are going to be okay. Um, if you're going to start running some pay per click, but you really need to make sure that if you're running pay-per-click that everything else is really dialed in. Um, I just actually did a Periscope yesterday uh, after I did a coaching call. Chris, I don't know if you caught any of that, but uh, I basically recapped what I talked about. And it's very similar to this situation because now after launch, uh, you know, they're not really getting the sales. They're getting like two to four sales a day. But very first question I asked this person that I was coaching was, well, let's look at the numbers. How many are ever, how much is everyone selling right now today? And it was basically about a couple hundred a month. So you're kind of doing what everyone else is doing, really. I mean, you're you're not too far off, right? I mean, with a little bit more, you know, work, you could probably be at your seven a day because that's about what everybody else is doing right now, right? So I think you have to look at the numbers, and when you first get into this, you need to understand that hey, that either you're launching at a time that it's peak. So, you know, this gentleman I was talking to yesterday, he was launching in the fourth quarter. So obviously numbers are a little skewed there. Now, all of a sudden, you know, we, we come into after the fourth quarter and now we're wondering why the numbers are down. Well, you, you need to look at the trends. You need to look at, you know, historical data. Go to Camel, 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 look at these other products, see what they've done through the year with their BSRs and all of that stuff um, and really do that background check in a sense. Um, and I think that, you know, even though this thing is launched, I don't think it's a loser. I think it can still work, but my next question to myself would be, how much time and effort do I want to spend on this, or should I pivot and go to a different market? Because I look at this too, and I go, okay, what other products could I sell in this line? We always talk about having at least three to five products in a product line. What can we do here? Like, what other products? There's probably other products. I just don't know what they are right now, right? And maybe it's just something that you just wanted to launch because you thought it was a cool product, and you thought you could sell a few. That's fine. But... I would want to see what kind of future I could have for a brand around this. And I'm not really sure that you could because I do think this is a trend. That's my uh, my thoughts there, Chris. What about you? I, I would agree with that completely. I think the thing that's interesting is, you know, he picked a niche that has a 
a lot of possibility for additional products. And if this is a niche just in general that's interesting to him, I think there's a lot of products in this space in terms of who he's targeting with it, not necessarily this product or product line specifically, that he can capitalize on and then maybe you know down the road sell them into this product via an upsell, a cross-sell, something like that. I mean, there still is a possibility of some some of those related things. And I think the niche itself is good. I just don't necessarily know that this product fits that niche. Well, let's let's kind of let's do this real quick. Let's pretend this is a selfie stick, right? Let's pretend because that's kind of what he equated it to, right? Let's let's just say that it's it's like a selfie stick, right? And when it came out, I'm sure people were doing really good with it. But guess what now? Now all of a sudden everyone's selling them or trying to sell them and they're ridiculously low priced and you can barely, you know, keep your head above water, right? So if this is that type of product, Chris, what do you do with it? The first thing that I would do is I would do what we said earlier and change that that primary image. And, you know, the overall strategy here for me would be to optimize it as much as possible and then let it run. I, I wouldn't get in and tweak it daily like you might do with some other products. I wouldn't even probably get in and tweak it weekly like I would do with some other products. I would make sure that my title, my bullets, and my images were optimized for the niche that I was going after. I would change that category and then I would start running that low bid PPC campaign that you talked about just to see what I can pick up. Yeah. Chances are if he does those things, he's probably going to maybe jump to, you know, four or five sales a day if he's in the right category. Mm. But even selling one or two a day, it's not going to be a total loss. It's just going to take a little bit longer to recoup that money. Yeah. I would I would take that time that you're saving from, you know, even worrying about the product once you kind of get it tweaked and optimized a little bit. And I would invest that in finding another product in the same niche. Now, with the selfie stick, you know, where do you go from there? Uh, but with with this one, I would look at the audience that he's targeting, right? So let's just say we have a selfie stick targeted at, at teenagers. What else are teenagers interested in, mm-hmm. right? What are the things that would get their parents to buy them a selfie stick, right? Um, not necessarily an accessory for a selfie stick, but something that may relate to it. Uh, props, masks, you know, the, the, the photo booth kit, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Scott, you were a photographer. Did you ever do a photo booth at a wedding. Like, did you ever see those? Well, we've seen, I've seen them. I've actually participated in them, but I, I did not do that. That wasn't our style, Chris. That wasn't our and style, they do, but they do well. They do a lot of, of things like they, they have like boxes of accessories. Yep. Right. So if you were selling a selfie stick, maybe you also sell a box of the masks and the wigs and all of those kinds of things that people would have if they're, you know, sitting around just having a fun time. You know what would be a cool idea with a selfie stick? I just thought of this. Maybe that could be a wedding gift at the table and everyone has a selfie stick at the table. And then from there, they do like selfie shots of their tables, right? And they can do like high shots and all that stuff. Just a little thought there. You know, you can market that to people that are, uh, you know, wedding planners or people that are buying a wedding gifts. And that could be a fun little gift to put on the table and then uh, also get some really great shots for, uh, you know, you could even have people post them on Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, just saying. That kind of replaces the disposable camera at the yeah. table. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I actually had them at our wedding. And uh, yeah, that was that's a, that's a cool little thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I think you just got to be creative. I, I actually know someone that was selling selfie sticks and he has a bunch of them still. And now what he's doing is he's taking them and adding them in as, as an accessory to something else as like a bonus. So this way here, it can still recoup and, and get rid of them. Um, so that's another another uh, option. But in this case, I don't think this is really 
I think as much as the selfie stick, I think the selfie stick is is definitely a lot more. And I don't think this thing would ever become like a selfie stick, but I get what he's saying. It's it's more of that thing that uh, is kind of cool right now, but it might not be as cool a year from now. Uh, there might be something different that would replace this. Um, but I agree. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I wouldn't give up on it, but I wouldn't spend a ton of effort. Um, the one thing I would probably do, and I, I actually suggested this yesterday on that coaching call, was I would do a reverse search on your top three. And I would do that through uh, the simple keyword inspector tool. And I would see what they're ranking for. I'd see how many keywords they're ranking for. And then from there, I would throw them into a campaign, maybe a low-budget campaign, and try to just pick up some of the scraps, you know, pick up some of the low-hanging fruit and see what happens. Um, what's your thoughts on that, Chris? I think that works. You know, I, I mean, the thing that he would have to figure out is whether he wants to go after that main competitor that he was talking about or if he wants to go after the other people who are selling a similar product. Because I don't think the main competitor is selling, you know, they're not selling exactly the same thing if it's the if it's the person that you and I are thinking of. So what I would probably do is I'd run, you know, maybe the top three in the same category that he's currently in who are selling the same product. And then I would also run one on that main competitor um, who's in a different category to see what they're ranking for. So that if he chooses to move to the other category, that other category I can speak uh, and <laughs> and really go after the market that he's already targeting, then he'll be prepared for that as well. He can kind of hit it from both fronts in that new category. Yeah. No. Okay. I, I love it. I, I think, uh, I think we gave some pretty good insight here and kind of like some good ideas to go off of. Um, I would just say again, treat it also as a learning experience, right? I mean, treat it as it's not a total failure. You still could possibly do okay with it. And not to mention, and this is another thing that I said uh, yesterday on that coaching call was, you know, this may be something that could do really well in fourth quarter, gift giving and stuff like that. So maybe you just keep it going to keep it rooted, you know, keep, keep the roots growing in a sense. And then in fourth quarter, you know, you'll be starting to show up for all of these different keywords as they're being searched for. And then just make sure you plan for that, have some inventory in, and then uh, blow them out. Um, you know, that's a, that's another option. It's just a long, term play. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that there's a lot here that you can take away from this and not just saying to yourself, you picked a, a, a losing product. I don't think you did. I think you learned, but I also think that you're going to pick better products in the future. And going back to the product research, it's so critical and so vital. And, uh, you know, it, it, it definitely is worth spending the time. And if, if you guys are brand new, just listening to the podcast, um, I would definitely suggest you listen to those two episodes that we did on this in depth, um, hence depth of market. Uh, <laughs> so you've got uh, episode 56 with Greg Mercer. That's uh, theamazingseller.com forward slash 56. And then also 161. That's theamazingseller.com forward slash 161. So Chris, we've got about one minute left on the clock because we're doing these in 30 minutes, by the way. We have to do these in 30 minutes at the uh, at the live event. So Chris, we got about, well, now we've got about 45 seconds. So what could you give your last parting words of guidance or takeaways uh depth of market depth of market depth of market um you know while you are trying to keep your product unique and different you don't need to try to reinvent the wheel and i think that's one of the things that that kind of handicapped amir in this situation is he wasn't necessarily you know differentiating the product for the existing market he did kind of create a new market and there is room for him in that new market he just needs to figure out how to optimize it for that space Perfect. Look at that. Well done with 15 seconds to spare. And I will say this, 
the first thing that I would say to do is change that main image. Number one thing, like you can do that like now. Change that image, make it so people know exactly what it is, and then change the category. Those would be the first two things. All right, so Chris, this has been awesome. You guys know that we love doing these. We love talking about this stuff, and the hot seats are, again, something that we're gonna be doing more of, so Chris will be coming on with me. We'll do more of these hot seat sessions as they uh, they, they come about, I guess, as we get more in and that we think that are going to be beneficial for the audience. So uh, I just, again, wanted to say thanks for everyone that's tuning in. Chris, is there any last little bits of uh, advice that you'd like to give before we wrap up this show? I think I'm good for today, brother. You're good. You just already said it. Depth, depth, depth. I am. <laughs> All right. You enjoy that chicken broth, by the way. Oh, I will. All right, guys. That is going to wrap it up. You guys know that Chris and I also do a live workshop. Totally free. We jump on. We spend about 60 minutes going through teaching the entire process to pick a product, source a product do a launch, do a promo, all of this stuff in between. We answer live Q&A, and uh, we do all of that fun stuff on a live workshop. If you guys want to attend one of these live workshops, it's a virtual workshop, so you will be connecting wherever you are in the world, and we have people all over the world, by the way, Australia, the UK, all over the place. Um, you can just head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. Once again, that's theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop workshop and like i said we give uh worksheets we we hand out we give uh, downloads we give all the goods right there on the workshop and would love to have you attend and hang out for an evening or an afternoon whichever we decide to do that particular week but you can register at that link all right guys that's it that is going to wrap up this episode remember i'm here for you i believe in you and i'm rooting for you but you have to you have to come on say it with me and say it loud and chris get ready to say it with me on the count of three one, two, three. Take, Take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.